terrorist bomb maker whose work killed more than 200 people is now a free man. Umar Patek, who manufactured the explosives used in the 2002 Bali bombings, was released on parole from an Indonesian prison. Authorities there insist he's a changed man. Miley Hogan reports. Good morning. Umar Patek was one of the lead terrorists involved in the Bali bombings, responsible for helping create the explosives that killed more than 200 people, including 88 Australians. Umar Patek was found guilty for helping build the bomb that was placed in the car and detonated outside the Sari Club. After the attack, he fled the country and remained on the run for around a decade, becoming one of the most well-known wanted terror suspects in Asia. He was eventually captured and sentenced to more more than 20 years behind bars. But while in prison, Indonesian authorities granted him a number of reductions to his sentence. Plus, they say he went through a coaching program to be de-radicalised. That, plus good behaviour, has given him this early parole. Despite the Australian government making a number of diplomatic representations to Indonesian authorities opposing that early release. We understand Indonesia's legal system is different to ours and we have to respect that, um, but at the same time we also have to make strong representations to the Indonesian government uh, to ensure, particularly if he's going to be released, that uh, all the necessary protections and monitoring are in place. This is, this is a terrible man who did terrible things, not only to Australians, but to Indonesians as well. No doubt this is distressing news for the families of the victims and survivors to be hearing of this man's early release today. He is on parole until 2030. If he breaks the law again, he will go back to jail. Thanks, Miley. As we go to air, state and federal energy ministers are meeting in Brisbane for crucial talks on how to tame sky-high power bills. Live to political reporter Rob Scott in Canberra. Rob, a plan to cap coal and gas prices will be a focus. Yeah, that's right, Paul, but the caps that are being uh, proposed are about half the current market rates, which has led to major concern from some of the big coal-producing states, so Queensland and New South Wales, about the potential financial losses. So those potential losses will be front and centre at this morning's meeting. We know the federal government's proposing to cap gas at $13 a gigajoule and wants the states to impose a $125 a tonne limit on coal. That would help ease pressures on households bills, but would also mean a big drop in revenue for miners and power companies, and in turn, billions lost in royalties to state governments, which has intensified calls for compensation from the Commonwealth. So today's talks will uh, be crucial to finding a way forward ahead of tomorrow's National Cabinet meeting, where it's hoped a final plan will be mapped out. What we've done is looked at all the powers we have under our respective constitutions and thought, well, what's the most effective way here? We've got some powers, we should use those. The states have got some powers, we can talk to them about using those. And that's what's happening. They need to come up with a lot more detail and a longer term plan, and it's just not there. Finding that longer-term plan is another aim of today's meeting. The ministers are set to discuss how to make Australia's electricity grid more reliable and how to add more power to the system, particularly through the shift to renewable energy. So there is a lot riding on today's meeting, Paul, uh, especially with the sky-high prices showing no, uh, no real sense of coming down anytime soon. Indeed. Rob Scott in Canberra, thank you. 
Victoria's Liberal Party has a new leader. John Pesciuto, a party moderate, has emerged victorious in a contest with the right's Brad Batten. Former leader Matthew Guy stood down after last month's disastrous state election result. At that poll, Mr Pesciuto successfully won back his inner-city Melbourne seat from Labor while also facing a strong Teal independent challenge. He campaigned for the leadership with a promise to win back mainstream voters. Mr Batten had been pushing for a clean slate, saying a brand new leadership team was needed. Police in Sydney have arrested a man and seized hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of drugs from a hotel room. During their search, officers found 500 MDMA tablets, 700 grams of methamphetamine and more than a kilogram of cannabis. The haul with an estimated street value of $600,000. He was charged with 23 offences and will face court today. We're beginning to learn the true extent of cyber extortion attacks plaguing Australian companies. The Medibank data breach was just one of 16 successful extortion attacks carried out last month, the highest level of such attacks in more than 18 months. Medibank will this weekend close its IT systems, stores and call centres so it can begin an overhaul of its online security. Melbourne's CBD appears to be slowly emerging from its pandemic slump, despite its occupancy rate lagging behind the rest of Australia. Office occupancy reached 57% in November, 12% higher than October, but still behind Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth. The figure is now at its highest level since the start of the pandemic, with Fridays gradually becoming busier. Time magazine has revealed its 2022 Person of the Year. The honour has gone to Volodymyr Zelensky and the spirit of Ukraine. Tim Lester joins us live from Los Angeles. Tim, the Ukraine president, a popular choice. Uh, in fact, Paul Time's editor says it's the most clear-cut choice the magazine has made for this award in living memory. Now, uh, going right back to 1920s, this award, uh, and not always given to those who are positive influences. In 1938, Adolf Hitler won it. In 2007, Vladimir Putin won it. Few would doubt, though, that Volodymyr Zelensky and the spirit of Ukraine, in other words, an emphasis on the Ukrainian people and their struggle uh, are deserving winners in a positive sense this year. Vladimir Zelensky, of course, a TV actor and comic who'd played the president, decided to run for the actual role in 2019. Uh, what a decision that was as Russia attacked in February this year and has become, in a sense, a global spearhead for defending freedom. He and his people uh, winning this award uh, as Russia carries out a attacks on Ukraine's energy system and seemingly tries to uh, inflict upon the people of Ukraine a winter without heat. Uh, he is quite, around the free world, a hero named Time's Person of the Year. Paul? Tim Lester in the United States. Thank you.